This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Brought to you locally by Smiley One and Bryant, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling experts. Daryl, here we go. We're into game week now. Very excited about it. Um, you know, we we got past Black Monday with not have to worry about any coaches getting fired for the Browns. That's, this is always like hallelujah on Monday for that. But uh, we are into game week now, and uh, obviously we've had the team talk a little bit. Uh, where are we injury-wise with this team as we head into Houston? Yeah, I mean, uh, the days of yore right now, we would be uh, speculating as to who the new GM and the coach were, but uh, we haven't had to do that for four years, which is nice, and uh, the Browns uh, get to get wild as uh, Greg Newsom had the – I don't know if you saw the photos. The and cards. Videos. What was – what were you Uno. Oh, those, Zuno. Those, the wild cards from Uno, yeah. Ah, so, now I get it. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I asked him if he was a better Uno player or a cornerback, and he goes, well, that's kind of asking, you know, who's the GOAT, LeBron James or Michael Jordan? It's debatable. So, hmm. uh, but on the injury front, look, I mean, obviously not good news. Kicker Dustin Hopkins, uh, Kevin Stefanski said on uh, Wednesday that mm, it does, or I should say Tuesday, uh, that it doesn't look good for this weekend. So uh, that means uh, he's not going to be available. So that is what it is. Um, and Riley Patterson will remain uh, the place kicker there. Grant Delpit, who's uh, still on injured reserve, they could activate him. Uh, Stefanski kind of left the door open a little bit that uh, maybe Delpit will be able to come back. We'll see. Uh, um, but I, I, I kind of figured that that was a little bit of a positive. The player that I'm most concerned about, though, is Juan Thornhill. Uh, and and we had uh, uh, talked about this, uh, I think, in one of our previous podcasts, Andy. He's got that calf injury. And it popped back up again last Thursday. And that's a little concerning to me because as we've come to learn here, the, the calf injuries, those can linger for a few weeks. That's That's typically not one of those that in a couple of days – you're good to go. So I am a little concerned about Thornhill's uh, availability this week because that calf injury popped up. He did not practice uh, on Tuesday. I have to get used to this like new work, the, the, like this new week, because as we record this, it is Tuesday. Right. Um, Tuesday is a Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday is going to be Thursday. Thursday is going to be Friday. <laughs> and then, of course, Friday is going to be the travel day Saturday so that they can, of course, play uh, the wild card game in Houston uh, Saturday afternoon at 4.30, our time. But, yeah, so uh, that's where we are on the injuries. Uh, a couple of guys didn't, you know, Joe Batonio, Amari Cooper, those guys ain't worried about their availability, at least right now as we uh, speak. Um, we'll see uh, as the week goes on, but it sounds like it's been like it's been for like throughout the season where those guys get the first practice uh, of the week off. Uh, let me just just dig in a little deeper. Are, we feel comfortable that Amari Cooper is going to be playing in this game, right? 
Yeah, I, I feel pretty comfortable about that. In fact, I'm expecting we're going to hear from him uh, at some point this week as well. And I, I hope he's available because um, he basically took a blowtorch to the Texans secondary the last time they yeah. played, 265 yards, uh, which was a franchise record, uh, two touchdowns plus a two-point conversion. I'm guessing that Houston, uh, when they look at the Browns' offense, they uh, are going to remember where number two is at all times, and they're going to try and cover him. But the thing of it is, Andy, when you go back and you look at that first meeting with the Browns and Texans, they covered him. Like, he made some incredible catches in that game. Uh, th this was not an instance where he was going through blown coverages, right? Right. I, I, he he was just straight up beating fools in the secondary and racking up big plays and, and yards and then obviously scored a couple of touchdowns too. So, um, but I have a feeling there is going to be an added emphasis from Houston that let's not forget to cover Amari Cooper. And I am kind of interested to see what the offensive game plan is going to look like, right? Because I do feel like, you know, the temptation for Kevin Stefanski is the obvious, right? Texans are going to, you know, assume that every throw is going to Amari Cooper, which means that could be opportunities for Elijah Moore. Uh, that could be an opportunity for David Njoku uh, and a couple other guys. Jerome Ford uh, has done a nice job in recent weeks catching the ball out of the backfield. So I kind of feel like, mm, you, I don't know. Does Kevin Stefanski overthink the Amari Cooper thing this week? I don't think he will. Uh, what was I, I was going to ask you about um... – Oh, Marquise Goodwin. Out in oh, hurt. Uh, yeah, still uh, TBD on that. That's okay. Be, uh, later in the week, and in fact, we're waiting on the uh, as we record this, uh, we're waiting on the first of, uh, injury report of uh, of the, the the work week. So uh, to get a, a little bit of an update on him, but uh, yeah, he's a, a, a TBD as we like to say. All right, let, let's talk about CJ Stroud for a second because obviously Ohio State fans know him well. He only missed two games this year. He threw what? Uh, he played. He threw for over four thousand yards, forty-one yards, and like yeah. twenty-eight touch touchdowns. He ran three in. Um, just simply spectacular season for a rookie. The odds-on favorite to be the rookie of the year. But again, we didn't see him because he had a concussion. Right. Tell me how the game changes with C.J. Stroud on the field. Um, I think in a couple of ways he is. Uh... You have to respect the arm, but you also got to respect the feet. He averages over four yards a carry. As you mentioned, he scored three touchdowns on the ground. Um, they they are going to have to hem him in and make him beat you from the pocket, which, by the way, he is, just like Lamar Jackson, very much capable of doing that. Um, you know, Greg Newsome, uh, JOK, we talked to him. Uh, Kevin Stefanski Kevin Stefan called him a great player. Greg Newsom said he's one of the best quarterbacks already in the NFL as a rookie. Um, that's obviously tremendous respect. So the Browns are coming into this thing with with eyes wide open. That they 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 understand uh, the difference and and the, the dynamic that Stroud brings to the table in this game. And so um, I don't anticipate this is going to be a thirty six to seven game in the second half, uh, like we saw the first time around, because C.J. Stroud, he's going to make some explosive plays. But the Browns have the best secondary in the NFL. They were number one in pass defense, uh, number one in overall defense. It's been a very long time since the Browns finished first 
in -hmm. both of those categories. Um, They forced the most punts in the NFL this year. Uh, They've they've held opponents on third down to the lowest percentage uh, of any team in the league this year. They've given up the fewest first downs um, in the NFL this season. So defense travels well. You know what I'm saying? And and I feel like, yeah, CJ's a great player, and he's dynamic, and he adds that element to that Houston Texan offense, and they're hot right now. They they went into the, the playoffs here hot, uh, but I still believe and I uh, th- that this defense is going to be able to travel and, and play well. They will be challenged, though. Hmm. All right, Daryl, when we come back here in a second, uh, I want to talk about a few things, uh, other things that we found out today. Obviously, there was a team meeting. I don't know that we were supposed to find out about that. We found out about that. We'll talk about Joe Flacco's influence. Um, And then I also want to get into some other deeper NFL issues and NFL stories that have been going on uh, over the last 24, 48 hours. It is always game day in Cleveland. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Daryl, let's talk about Joe Flacco. Um, I thought it was interesting. He was asked the question. The question was, you talk about January, January. You talk about January all the time. And I don't know that Joe Flacco wanted to let the cat out of the bag, but they had a team meeting. And Joe had just said, hey, yeah, I did have a chance to talk to the team. We kind of had a meeting yesterday and blah, 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 blah. Well, that turned into something bigger. I'm sure Kevin Stefanski didn't need the whole world knowing that they had a team meeting yesterday. But who cares, man? They're going into a playoff game, and there's nothing wrong with rallying the troops, especially to start the week. Um, your thoughts on Joe Flacco right now, where he's headed, where his head is at right now, and how much his leadership is going to mean to this team this weekend? Well, when Kevin Stefanski was asked about Joe's address to the team, I knew I knew right away, he was like, yeah, he wasn't supposed to tell you that. <laughs> and, and look, let's be honest about it, right? Everybody in the playoffs right now, uh, is they prepare for the Super Wild Card Weekend? They're all having these team meetings, right? Um, and you know, Kevin Stefanski does a really good job leaning on his veteran players and shared experiences. And look, that's a big reason why this team has developed such a deep bond this year. Are the interpersonal relationships that have been developed among them going all the way back to Take Me Home, Country Roads, West Virginia, the Greenbrier there? where they spent uh, a lovely nine days in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of the mountains there. But Seems to be paying dividends now, though. Everyone it, keeps talking about it. It's you know? like the best $3 million the, the Browns could have spent, right? Um, yeah. It was, it was an expensive trip to move training camp, but the dividends, uh, you see it in the locker room. Um, and, you know, Joe coming in um, – Amari Cooper said right away, he's a faith multiplier. We've you know used that quote quite a bit. And I, I just, I think that that, the reason we use it so much is because it's so, it, it just, it depicts the, uh, the mood of the team perfectly in that he has given them the belief that, yeah, okay, Deshaun Watson ain't here, but we're fine. We got Joe Flacco. He's won a Super Bowl. He's won a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he has 10 playoff wins, which ranks him 
I think 12th all time in NFL history, believe it or not. He is nobody has won more playoff games than Joe Flacco and Tom Brady. They each have won seven in NFL history. So hmm. uh he he brings those experiences. And the the thing too is is we've heard in recent weeks, Andy, guys in the locker room talk about the calming influence that Joe Flacco has, where he's just on the bench, like, you know, something bad might happen defensively. It's like, here's what's going to happen. This, 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 we have nothing to worry about. We're going to be fine. And he has just brought that very calming presence. Now, it also helps that he backs it up with his play, right? Sure. He's thrown for 16, 16, uh, 1,616 yards and 13 touchdowns in five starts, right? He's four and one as the starter. Won his last four starts uh, prior to getting the, uh, as I like to call it, the week 18 vacation. Um, but, you know, he he instills that belief. So I think it's good. And he said something interesting Tuesday. And I'm paraphrasing here. I don't want to get the quote wrong, but I'm paraphrasing. Part of his message to the team was something's going to happen in the next five weeks that we're all going to remember pretty much for the rest of our lives. I thought that was really interesting when he said that. Yeah, keep going. You know, and. Um, and that kind of blew me away in the moment too, when he, when he had said that, um, but this is a team that we roll our eyes at the one, you know, let's just go one to know every week that Kevin's demand that lot. The thing though is Andy and even Joe at times, that whole locker room talks like Kevin Stefanski. And I know, so, I know and, they do. I listen to him every day. You too. I mean, and, 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 I mean that as a compliment. That shows you how much that they have bought in to Stefanski, that they talk like him, that they they believe in what he has told them. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, message. absolutely. I see it. I hear um, it. I you no. Know, so it, yeah, it works. I I I can't wait to watch him Saturday. I I I I you know I think. It's still a lot to ask that he's going to put up 300-plus yards and throw for multiple touchdowns. The only thing that I want to see from him on Saturday, Andy, is I don't want to see him throw interceptions. And again, and I'm not talking well, – I don't want to see him turn the ball over because we all know the Browns are the best in the league at that too. So, I mean, right. this is a game where they cannot turn the ball over. Yeah. But just going back to that that calming effect, I, I, I often think when Kevin Stefanski speaks, he – and when the players speak too, it's – don't say something that's going to cause a distraction or drama over the next few days. Don't say something you're going to lose sleep over and say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have said that. That is the basic philosophy of every answer to every question the Browns have had since Kevin Stefanski's arrived. Every member of the Houston Texans 53-man roster is a Hall of Famer in the making. That's right. Like, you know what I'm saying? like, and And look, we've not seen any of that from – them this year anyway like we i can't think of a single moment in a single week andy where i'm like yeah i don't think that that was supposed to be said and that's going to be some bulletin board material or uh, something that would keep you up at night and go oh my god coach is going to be so mad at me <laughs> when he sees this in the paper the next day <laughs> or online or on x or social media or whatever but um yeah i mean it is it's a very mature locker room and joe flacco fits perfectly in to that mature locker room. And it's, I, I have to say, Andy, it's one of the best locker rooms I've ever been a part of in, mm -hmm. in my professional career. 
between covering not only the Browns, but the Cavaliers, the Guardians slash when they were the Indians. Like this really is one of the best locker rooms that I've had the honor and privilege to to cover uh, on a daily basis. Just there's there's not a bad apple in the bunch. Um, there's a lot of fun personalities. There's some quiet personalities that they don't really want to be bothered by us. And, and I don't say that negatively. It's just, they just want to go about their business and, and play football and focus on that kind of thing. And, you know, they're not really worried about making them stars in front of the cameras and microphones and things like that. I love Greg Newsom's become one of my favorite players. David Njoku is one of my uh, favorite players these days. And that's a guy that I was real critical of early in his career, but to watch him blossom and grow into the pro bowler that he is, and let's not underestimate his importance during this playoff run, Andy, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, not just, catching the football and the yards after the catch. He's among the league leaders in the yards after contact. I mean, he just trucks people when he has the football uh, in his hands, but in the run game, when he's blocking, he's, uh, you know, valuable. You don't see a lot of tight ends. Usually you get one or the other, right? You get the blocking tight end, the heavy, or do you get the guy that's, uh, you know, the star and catches the ball and, and, and things like that, right? David Njoku is the perfect mixture of both. And he and Joe Flacco, similar to Joe and Amari Cooper, like to Flacco's credit, like he has found right away the chemistry with both Cooper and the Joku. And he already came in because he previously played with Elijah Moore. Uh, so that seems to have kind of, you know, picked up where they left off. But, um, you know, the, the chemistry offensively amongst the, the big playmakers seems to be on point. Daryl, just one point before we go to break, too. Let's not forget that there are other guys that have played in the Super Bowl and uh, Obo Ankaranko, Juan Thornhill. Those guys get it. They understand it. And I think they're important in the psyche going into this weekend. When we come back, I want to talk about some of the bigger picture NFL stuff that's happened over the last couple of days. Northeast Ohio guy who's now looking for a job. Where will he land? And does it have that whole Browns collect, uh, collection with it? You know what I'm saying? So we'll talk about that when we come back. It's always game day in Cleveland. It is always game day in Cleveland, brought to you by our good friends at Smiley One and Brian, Northeast Ohio's premier heating and cooling solutions. We're going to get to the Mike Vrabel story here in one second, Northeast Ohio's own, pride of Walsh Jesuit and Ohio State, and he is out with the Titans. That was the big headline of the day, but breaking news for us as we do this podcast, the injury report just released. And there are a lot of names on right. it. <laughs> well, it's been that way. Uh, let's let's count them here real quick. I'll just uh, I know this makes for great uh, podcast and YouTube material. But let's see, two, four, six, eight, ten. Just start reading names, bro. 14, 16, 18, 20, 21 names on the injury report. Wow. Uh, I'll read the guys that are the either limited or didn't practice because those are the ones that matter. If they're full, then they're they're fine. Uh, Joel Batonio, that's just a day off, but he is dealing with uh, an oblique and a knee. Uh, Corey Bohorquez, yeah, he he was full. He's fine. Uh, Amari Cooper, uh, just resting the heel. Um, he was a did not practice. Uh, uh, Ford, Mike Ford Jr., uh, calf injury. He was limited uh, on Tuesday. Miles Garrett, uh, personal. But they all also included the shoulder and hamstring injuries. Sure. Uh, there, Marquise Goodwin, you asked about him earlier, yeah. limited today officially okay. with that knee injury. So that's obviously some good news. Uh, Dustin Hopkins, uh, we, we talked about him earlier in the show. 
uh, did not practice left hamstring. And again, Kevin Stefanski doesn't even anticipate that he's going to be uh, available. Uh, so he doesn't need to be listed as out until no, not Thursday, until right? not until uh, Thursday's injury report, right. unless they change the designation on Friday. But he's he's not going to be available. Um, Kareem Hunt groin injury did not practice. Um, Jordan Kunashik uh, calf injury was limited. Greg Newsom uh, DNP with a knee. Uh, David Njoku, rest in a knee, a DNP. Obo Okoronkwo, the uh, pectoral, apparently uh, tweaked the groin muscle as well. He was limited on Tuesday. Ethan Posick, uh, shoulder and stinger, limited. Uh, D- other uh, three DMPs here, PR Strong, Juan Thornhill, Cedric Tillman, strong back, Thornhill calf, Tillman concussion and now i need some oxygen after reading all of that because you're good and again before we get to mike variable because i do really want to talk about that um can you explain to me um roster elevation now in the playoffs and how that's different than it is during the regular season or is it clear how does this work yeah so the but so it's been reset okay so there there no remember we went through this with joe flacco right yeah it was all freaking out because flacco was on the practice squad and he was elevating like oh my god what are they gonna do so in the regular season, you get three elevations from the practice squad. And then after that, if you need to be used during the game, you have to be put on the 53-man roster, okay? Okay. So in the playoffs now, clock resets on everybody, and there are no limitations. So um, that basically means that anyone that is on the practice squad um, can be elevated with without problems. You're not sitting there saying, okay, this is the second elevation, now this is the third elevation, et cetera, et cetera. So basically not only is clock reset, but those two standard elevations available, you can, you can use them on the same two players all throughout the uh, playoffs with, uh, with no problems. And uh, I, (laughs) with the kicking situation being what it is, um, I anticipate that uh, the Browns will be taking full advantage of that particular rule. For the kicking situation. Okay, Uh, and we'll have more for that in the next podcast coming up. Now, let's get to the big headline of the day. Mike Vrabel fired from the Tennessee Titans. I don't know. Should he have been fired, or should they just gone out and got a new quarterback? That seems like that would have been a good solution there. It does open the door for New England. I thought it was interesting when the owner said it was just too difficult to try to maneuver through a trade. Like, how hard is that? One GM calls another GM and says, hey, we want Vrabel. Oh, okay. That seems like it'd be easy, but there might be more to it because there's a coach. Explain that one to me, Daryl. Maybe Bill Belichick doesn't want to coach the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> well, no one said that it had to be a straight-out coach-for-coach trade either. It could be for- I, I, I was uh, – thank you for uh, dumping all over my joke. Of course uh, I wanted to dump on your joke. Are you kidding? I mean, come on. I'm the worst. It would be – I'm the brick wall, baby. At least I'm not Dr. Redpen. Come on you're, now. You're, you're, the, you're the dad joke aficionado. Look uh, at what I'm wearing today. I'm all about the dad. I know. Nice to see you. I didn't even clean up the office here today to do this. You're absolutely- this is we are under fire, man. It is playoff mode. It doesn't matter. I don't care what you look like. I just need you ready on game day. I totally should have. Um they totally should I should have gone and got my uh stocking cap. So we go could, get it. We could have matched. This is my tribute to the NHLPA is and it- Wayne Gretzky, too, by the way. Oh, you weren't a Gretzky jersey? Look at that. Oh no, there's this wow. really cool place in Niagara Falls. It's called Gretzky 99s. Okay. They make Canadian whiskey up there and stuff. I'm not a big drinker, but it's a really, really, really cool bar restaurant. It's right on the other side of the border once uh, you cross over Niagara Falls. Okay. 
How about this though? Great. That'd be one of the greatest. If there's, I hope they're still available. It's been a couple of years since I've been there, but go ahead. Sorry. Bill Belichick for Mike Rabel would go down as one of the greatest trades in NFL history, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, it remains to see what the Patriots are going to do with Bill. I mean, no one anticipates that he's going to be back there. I mean, all he did was win six Super Bowls. It, so this seems like this, this New England situation seems like a very slow yeah. death right now. Doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. And here's the thing. Like, so, um, <clears throat> I'm just going to go to, let me give you his press conference today. I'm still under contract. Uh, you know, I still work here. I'll show up until they tell me not to show up. I, I, I do feel deprived. I did not have the I'm honor to the draft uh, covering Bill Belichick when he coached the Browns. Um, I was very limited. No, I don't even think I, I, I mean, I did a one-on-one with him once uh, right when Fox sports Net when we started okay. our Ohio sports report and that was about yeah. it. And yeah. he was great. I got to tell you, he was way better than any time I've ever seen him in a press conference. Ask him about he long, was so cool. Ask him about long snappers. Ask him about any pro football Hall of Famer. Ask him about anything but the game that's coming up or any of his current players or an injury, and he'll stand there and pontificate for 10 minutes about, <laughs> about yeah, whatever he I'm has. telling you, he is fan. I, I, think I would hope that <clears> – I'll tell you what I would do. The minute he decides he's not doing football anymore, Right. I'm the History Channel. I am calling him. He is getting his own show. Yeah, so I think Vrabel's going to, first of all, very short-sighted with the Titans. Yes. Five, Mike Vrabel. I think it's just really stupid. But uh, we'll never accuse billionaires of being very smart. They might be rich, but don't mean they're the smartest uh, and sharpest knives in the drawer, right? Uh, yep. And, you know, it, at least the Browns have gotten it right with Kevin and with Andrew Barry. Um, you know, Glenn Cook might end up, getting uh, a GM job here. Uh, remember, Kwesi Adolfo-Mensa got uh, the Vikings GM job in 2022. So if Cook would get hired in this cycle, he's talking to the commanders uh, um, on Tuesday here or was scheduled to talk to the commanders on Tuesday. I anticipate he's going to get some other uh, interest as well. But that would be two Andrew Berry top lieutenants to get GM jobs if he's able to get one of those gigs. And, and I think that that speaks to the what Andrew Barry has set up with the Browns uh, here in Cleveland. But, you know, Stefanski is in line. In my view, he's the he's he should be coach of the year. Uh, with all due respect to Demeco Ryans, this is, you know, coach of the year candidates going head-to-head, Stefanski and Ryans. But uh, I think Stefanski gets the edge because of the quarterback situation and having to win games with, you know, four different guys. But, um, yeah, very short-sighted in my view on the Titans. I think he goes to New England. But I really, really wish that somebody from Ohio State would pick up a phone and give him a blank check. And Here's the problem. Back. That's two blank checks, though, because you're going to have to pay off Ryan Day. And then you're going to give him a blank check to cover. I don't know. That's a, that, that that seems like it'd be the easiest part of it. I think the harder part is Gene Smith, the athletic director, is outgoing. Yep. And if you're going to have a new athletic director, I would like to see Pat Chun get that job from Washington State. Yeah. Um, you know, do you want to hand him his coach or do you want to let him hand pick his own coach? And I would think that Gene would want like, the next AD to, yeah, to do I, it. I kind of feel like the athletic or the football department somewhat independent of the athletic department. <laughs> I, Not I, when I, it comes to hiring. I know. I'm just saying, yeah. though. I say it facetiously, but I, you know, it's its own thing. You got, you got the football team here, and you got the rest of the athletic department over here, right? Or actually, it's, you got football, then basketball, and then the rest of the athletic department, right? I don't, Ohio State is a monster. I mean, it's it you know, yes, I you know, football is unto its own, but uh, but it feels like. In its own situation, everything is into undo its own there. So I, I just I would I would absolutely love to see Ryan Day fired 
and Mike Vrabel replace him. Please, football gods, wherever you are. I had to watch Michigan win a national title. By the way, uh, congrats to the Wolverines. I look forward to the NCAA asking you to return the championship trophy when they're done with their investigations. So here's the problem, Daryl, man. I hate to poo-poo all over what you're saying. The NCAA doesn't hand that trophy out. I know. So I'm sorry, bro. I know, I know, I know. Again, you just, will you stop letting I am crushing you today. Did you ever wonder what it was like to do a show with Baskin and Phelps? Well, now you know. This is it. Hey, uh, uh, I want to thank tax get in the way of my good story here. Will you? I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm sometimes I'm just not the right guy for the moment. You're just a crotchety old dad. That's what you are.